superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Are you learning on the air what I just heard in my ear, Taylor? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Vrabel is not returning to the Titans. Fired? Yeah. yeah, fired. What is that about? The Rich Eisen Show. That is nuts. Earlier on the show, 2023 Formula E World Champion Jake Dennis. Still to come, Fox Sports College Football Analyst Bruce Feldman. 49ers Wide Receiver Debo Samuel. Actor Jake Johnson and comedian Gareth Reynolds. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Our number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and the Athletic is coming in. He is the keenest mind in all of college football media. Um, and that's why we have him here. Um, <laughs> what? What? Uh, I'm, what? Not, I'm, I'm, I'm not disputing what you're saying. He's it's, the keenest mind in all. why you're saying it. Because he, we have him on every Wednesday for right, a reason. Yep. Because yep. he has insight. He uh-huh. has forethought. Yep. He's thoughtful. He's fair. He's balanced. And he sees things. Well, I don't understand. You're right. Thank you. You're right. I mean, why can't you just allow me to compliment him? Um, well, Chris, your, your compliments are infused with, you know. Infused? With, with maize and blue. Oh. Chris, yeah. remember when those two almost had exchanged words during the height of the scandal? So I'm glad that he's been able to put we that We exchange words. What well, are you talking about? got a little testy in here. Well, Rich didn't like the facts that, yeah, Bruce, that Bruce was, was presenting, and, and Bruce was worried he wouldn't be welcome back. I mean, I mean you uh, can't that's, forget that, that's, these that's an overstatement. These things have happened. That's an overstatement. <laughs> Outrageous. Oh, is that is that the new Darko drop? What Outrageous. Else? Okay, that's I want the whole this thing. Is completely BS. That, this is shame. <laughs> that was Bruce after Turn he left Darko that one drop. show. <laughs> Darko Outrageous. drop. Outrageous. Outrageous. <laughs> this is BS. This is completely BS. This is shame. <laughs> I love this guy. I wish I had that drop during the whole Connor Stallion thing. I love this guy. <laughs> that was actually Bruce it's when he left after that fantastic. one show. Yeah. Rich was challenging them. How dare you? Outrageous. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Can't get enough this is of it. BS. Oh, this is and then there's BS. Le- and, then, and then there's the LeBron answer. I, I love that. Oh, well, I, oh I mean, no. Yeah. Uh, they, that should be a drop. They fouled, and, <laughs> we, and we didn't. We, we didn't. That's that's how you wind up with twenty three free throws. It, it, um, <laughs> I feel like they fouled, and we didn't. That's a simple explanation <laughs> oh. for twenty three free throws here, and 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 two there. How that happened? In the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter alone. Man, I don't blame Darko for going ham. I wish outrageous. <laughs> I wish you'd have watched that game now. <laughs> Insubordinate and churlish. Churlish. Right, very good. Uh, so, uh, Bruce is on. Um, Insubordinate and churlish. Are offering more insight like he did back in August, saying Michigan's going to win it all, and now here we are in that world. We exist in that world. We started the show by saying the Chicago Bears are sticking with Matt Eberflus, which means, sorry, Bears fans, Jim's not coming home. Eberflus. That's if it works out. If it doesn't work out, there's the other one. 
That's that's the way it works. They've really cleaned house. Uh, OC gone, QB coach, running back coach, wide receiver coach, assistant tight end coach. They basically All told gone. Eberflus, we love your defense. Yeah. We love the way you coach your defense. The offense <laughs> is not acceptable. This is not an, this is not working. <laughs> yeah. So he basically, I guess, said, okay, then I'll get rid of all of them. Uh, unless it was highly suggested you get rid of all of them. It's and as you know, some coaches you, say, yeah. I'm not getting rid of anyone. And if you want to get rid of anybody that I'm against getting rid of, then get rid of me, which is what may have happened in Nashville yesterday. I I need the full four one one on how Mike Vrabel goes into a meeting with the owner and general manager of the team and comes out without a job. Right. And I do not know why Mike Vrabel is an unemployed head coach today. Two years after being coach of the year and being a guy who everybody who's coached by him loves him. And you basically And we're wondering about how that stone ripples into the pond up there in New England, where you're hearing nothing again. It's now three days since the the snow started to thaw against the Jets. Three days. Seems like uh, Ian Rapport was saying on the insiders that uh, Titans ownership was kind of irked by Vrabel going to New England for the ceremony to be inducted into the Pats Hall of Fame in the in middle, a bye week? in the yeah, on the bye week. It's a bye week. That's insane. it's a day. Well, he's not supposed to in the middle go? in the middle of their year. I guess. What does that mean? I don't know. If that's the case, come on, just get over yourselves. Like he's yours. He gives his heart and soul. Like if you see how he operates on his job, if he if he operated in his job like he didn't care, and then he shows up you know, and takes the red jacket from the crafts and sits in their box. You you sit there and go, oh, you're offending us? That's crazy. If that's really the case. Also, there was the quote yesterday it. that uh, they didn't want to work out a trade because they thought it would be too complicated and take too long. Well, that I understand. And then, then... The people, like if it takes too long, then you can't hire the person that you'd want to hire to let him be traded. Right. That, I understood that. But if this is really, you know, we don't think you're with us completely because on a bye week when everybody's allowed to go wherever they want for a day, that he, you wind up in the home of the spot. By, by the way, it's the same guy who ended the Brady-Belichick era in that building for you in the playoffs in his coach of the year two years after that. You know, I mean, get out. It's the, Adam Schefter came on our 20th anniversary show on NFL Network. You know? So what does that mean? He, he doesn't want to compete against Ian and, and Tom Pelissero and Mike Garofolo? Is that what it means? Is that what it means? Did you give him a, well, I don't know what color the jacket would be at NFL Network. No, but, but in all honesty, though, 
It, it's just like that's his history. That's his past. He wanted to celebrate one year. Fans voted him in the on the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But he's supposed to say no. I'm the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. I'm sorry. That's crazy if that has anything to do with it. Because I'll tell you what, when I had a meeting with him in Tennessee, he was all about Titans football. That's it. And he was kind of miserable. You could see that they weren't performing very well. Wow. That is nutty. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Take your phone call right now. Chris in Wisconsin will take your call. What's up, Chris? You there, Chris? Hey. Hey. Take my call, Rich. Thanks for making it. Uh, earlier on, yeah, right. Earlier on, you had a discussion about Justin Fields, and I was just wondering what the uh, the talk would be if they went 10 and 7 and made the playoffs. Okay. You know, would the Bears say, hey, Justin's doing well? Let's keep him. He's our guy. Or would they still look at Caleb? Okay. And I, I say this with ultimate respect, Chris, uh, which, as you know, if you're uh, a viewer of this show, or a listener of this show, I'm about to say something disrespectful to you, okay? So I'm giving that heads up, Chris, okay? Um, So with all due respect, um, if my grandmother was alive today and she had wheels, would she be a wagon? You know what I'm saying? so I, of course we'd be of course we'd be talking differently about him, but he'd have to have given the play to win a tenth game and win a game in, down the stretch. Um, We're talking one game, Rich. One game. Well, I mean, they they wound up being eight. They wound up being what seven and ten or eight and eight and yeah, they wound up being seven and ten. So they it would be more than that, and and so he would have had to have won a significant foot. Like for, first of all. They did ball out in Detroit. They couldn't finish, right? I understand that. Like, let's flip that script. Let's give you that one right there. I mean, we could go down the list here and and, and figure out the wins that if he did come up with them and showed up and won. He played, and I don't mean to be critical as well, because he did play better this year. And they did just blow out their entire offensive staff. So, you know, at this point in time, they decided because you have a bunch of options. We're either changing the coaching staff and the management. They decided against that. You're going to change the player or you're going to change the staff. And they might have chosen the staff underneath the coach because the coach, they think, okay, he's got that defense down and the defense loves him. We're not going to change everything. We'll just change one side of the football. Now they have the question of do they change the quarterback on that side of the football? I don't know the answer to it, but obviously we'd be talking differently about Justin Fields if he showed the ability to win games down the stretch that put him in the playoffs. That's for sure. Let me ask you this. Do you think he'd be a good fit for Pittsburgh? Huh. That's an interesting choice. He's better than what they got. Mm. I'm a Bengals fan, but I I think Justin's got some skills. He does. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, and thanks for the call, Chris. Thank you. I don't know if he's on the toll road there talking Bears football in Wisconsin when he's an actual fan of the Bengals. It's an interesting combination right there. Would you appreciate people calling in? Uh, I, I don't, why do I keep thinking Atlanta? He's from there, right? 100%. They could use him. That's a significant upgrade. He instantly makes that offense one of the most – Potentially dynamic in the league. And I think gets the fan base excited. Well, no doubt about that. I mean, if they decide Desmond Ritter ain't it, 
And I don't know how you go back to either of those guys. They're year. too I mean, deep. Well, I mean, you can go again. Every mock draft I've seen has them taking a quarterback either at number eight or the latest one from the Athletic today has them trading up to number one. So to go get Caleb. Yes. Okay. And who do they have at eight? Who do these mocks take? Have them taking a quarterback at uh, eight? I've who? seen I've seen Penix at eight. That's high. Seems high for me. But that's really high up. I've seen that. And again, they have to decide. Somebody's going to have to decide. We're going to go and trade draft capital to get somebody that's got two years left on a contract. One of them is rookie deal. Another one is a fifth-year option. And then we'll let them play through the fourth year of the rookie deal and see how it goes. And if it goes great, we'll tear that up and we'll give him an extension after his um, after his fifth-year option. Or we'll just tear it up and start paying him right now. I doubt they'll do that. Somebody's got to decide that because the Bears are weighing that in in what they're maybe doing with Caleb. Let's go with the uh, our usual Wednesday fair. It's time for my final Yay. power rankings, right? Because I'm not going to do power rankings during the playoffs, am I? No, I, don't I can't. Think it's kind of over at this out. point in time. This is the last time I can pick a, a, a field of ten, right? Yeah. After this week, we're down to eight. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I am. I smell what you're cooking. Taking us home right now. Thank you so much. Hit it. This is my power rankings. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Power rankings. All right, let's hit it. Let's hit it, everybody. Time for power rankings. You ready? Let's go. All right, number 10 on the list. He's on tomorrow's program. That's part of the reason why I'm having him on. Because it's my boy. <laughs> I'm putting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back on my list. Uh, come on. They're back on my list. <laughs> what do you mean, come on? You want me to put the Eagles here? <sighs> Instead, I think they're beating the Eagles. How does that sound? They're going to be, Chris, if they're in the final okay. eight, how are they not making the top 10 of my final power rankings list? See the way I'm looking? I'm not just looking backwards and currently, I'm looking forwards. I'm a forward thinker, just like Baker Mayfield. He's going to go out there on a Monday night, and he's going to plant a flag right on top of the Philadelphia Eagles and end their NFC reign and say to everyone, I'm the quarterback here now. I actually came into the spot. I'm the guy after the guy, and you don't ever want to be the guy after the guy. You want to be the guy after the guy was after the guy, and the guy being Tom Brady. Look at him. He might actually take the Buccaneers further this year than Tom Brady did in his final year there. I mean, the Eagles do have 11 wins. I understand what you're saying. So they're not on the list, Eagles? Well, wait. Number nine. Honestly, good things come to those. Okay. I mean... Thanks for not saying anything, TJ. That's your point. <laughs> oh, by the way, feel free. Feel free. I got you just waiting. You There's only, only one team with... I care I about on this list. It's Let's be honest. Unbelievable. So I'm just going to wait no to see change. where you put them. No change. Rams are still this not. This is completely BS. That, this is shame. <laughs> Darko, Darko? Darko is now heckling me on my Thank power you, Darko. Jeez. Some support. Boy, we're, we're taking our new Darko drop for a spin here. Outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got to pull it together. Stop. <laughs> the Rams are number nine. Matthew Stafford. Hey, in Detroit, you can't wear his jersey, right, to the game. I don't like the fact that they told fans don't wear his jersey. Just have the, the good sense. Look at Puka and Mom 
Look at the Nakua's up on the screen right there. That's my guy. How wholesome ah, is that? My How wholesome is that? I should have asked Troy Palomalo yesterday, are you jealous of Puka Nakua's hair? <laughs> no. No one's Troy's jealous. Rams are ninth Troy's on this list. I really like the way that they are playing. What a great season for the Los Angeles Rams. Very surprising. Down two spots. Number eight, I am genuinely concerned for this banged-up team going into zero-degree temperature when they're from South Florida. I've got the Miami Dolphins here. I almost put them lower because of how significantly hurt I think they could've are left, and how they are in a temple. How do you leave them off the list, Chris? There's only mean? 12 playoff teams. What, are you going to put a team that didn't make the playoffs on the list? I'm not going to do You're that. You're already leaving off an 11-win team. I'm already – which which 11? Oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> you don't think – hold on a minute. You think the Eagles beat the Dolphins? Yeah, come on. You – wait, Chris. You think the Philadelphia Eagles, the way that they have been playing since the end of October, comes in – I'm with Chris Long. What about the Dolphins gives you confidence? Well, Tua and Tyreek and Waddle, if healthy, and Mostert when he's back. And A-Chan. A lot of ifs, A-Chan and Van Ginkle. A lot and, of banged up players. And, and Jalen Ramsey. Boot. And, and my friend in the capri pants. And, you can't wear those and, in zero and degree Tua temperature. in a big game. What if he shows up in capri pants uh, in zero degrees? The, oh, baby. Uh, can't do Those that. glasses, the, and he usually wears metal rims. Can't do that. Uh, you got to show it with plastic rim glasses, don't you? Contacts. Something. Ski goggles. That'd be weird. It's going to be zero degrees. Number seven on the list, up one spot. I put the Kansas City Chiefs here. I think they are more likely to flip a switch than anybody else limping into the playoffs. They have an easy matchup. Okay, easy matchup, dude. Seven on the list are the Chiefs. Six on the list is the team that beat the Chiefs to start the season, bite off a kneecap, and also you know raise a red flag for the first time in Kansas City. I put the Lions right here. And I would put them above the team in front of them if they only friggin' reported as eligible in a way that Brad Allen hurt them. Uh, I like the I like the Lions here, but uh, I'll put the Cowboys above them. I got the Cowboys at five, and I'm not I'm not Cowboys uh, at five. I am, five. That is low. Why? 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 I've got the Browns at four. Why? You am I gonna... don't believe the Browns would beat the Cowboys. Excuse me. I, I didn't say this last week because wow. I don't want to be the guy who constantly jumps in on your list because I'm trying not to do that. This is the second week in a row. You think the Browns are better than the Cowboys? You know what? Your pushback on thinking that the Browns aren't all that wide because they're the Browns and you're the I, Dallas I, I, Cowboys. Is that what it is? Not, As if Miles Garrett would want to, would show up in Texas and it would just be another walk in the park for him. No big deal. Uh-oh. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't come... And, and try and turn one of your tackles into a turnstile. That's fine, Tyron Smith. He's I got it. Going to the pro football. I understand that. I'll take I my get chances. It. I got it. Okay. The Browns are just the Browns. They've always been the Browns, and Flacco isn't playing out of You know, I, there, there's there's only one word that I have for, for that idea. Outrageous. That's all I'm saying. I'm concerned that everyone's taking the Browns this week. Understood. So what? Maybe sometimes the, uh, the pack understands. Number three on the list of the Buffalo Bills. Sorry. Number two on the list of the 49ers and number one on the list of the Ravens. I, I'm not changing anything just because everybody's resting in week 18. The Ravens, Niners, Browns all rested. Cowboys look great. Cowboys look great. The Texans. The Boy, I would Steelers, love to see a Cowboys-Brown Super Bowl just to Eagles. prove me right. <laughs> yeah, me too. I know that. <laughs> That's my final power rankings list. I left the Packers and the Eagles off the list as my playoff teams. Steelers. And the Steelers, correct. Left them off the list. So there's four. Who else did I leave off the list from the uh, from the from the Super Bowl and the Texans? Yep. 
Texans were, I mean, I guess I could, I could give you another four just to rank them there. How are the Texans not above the Bucks? I don't know. I just put the Buccaneers there just okay. because, you know, I'm, I, I, I feel them. All right. And I think uh, out, of, out of the, let me ask you this, what's more likely? I can you? feel it. Texans, Packers, Steelers, Buccaneers, most likely to make the divisional round. Texans have a home game. And I know so do the Bucks, but I just gave you the four. Put it on Twitter. Say it again. Put on it. Of those four teams, the Bucks, the Texans, the Steelers, the Packers, which team is most likely to make the divisional round? Right. And that's why I put the Bucks tenth. Packers. All right. So sometimes I put it just thinking about who's winning this weekend, and then I also think who's who would beat each other. And I yes, I'm sitting here <laughs> no, saying no, the Browns no would beat the Browns would beat the Cowboys if they played. Yeah. Where? Why not? Huh? Where are they playing? On Earth. Let's see how Earth responds <laughs> well, they'd to that. Be in Dallas. Okay. It was. All right. I hear you. <laughs> Browns. Uh, okay, fine. That's my power rankings. <laughs> there are many others like like it, but this one is mine. Let's take a break. A parade for Bruce Feldman. Bruce Feldman, <laughs> who has the knowledge and the forethought and the keen awareness about this sport. His finger's on the pulse. <laughs> That's why he's employed by two outlets. We should get a confetti gun for when he Fox comes out. Fox Sports and The Athletic. Bruce Feldman, coming up here next. <laughs> Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Look who's here. The brilliant, prescient <laughs> Fox going, Sports and Athletic Sage. 
Bruce Feldman, good to see you, Bruce. Good to see you, Rich. How's it going? It's going great. I mean, I got a cold in, in Houston. You but did? Otherwise, oh, yeah. Well, because it was pouring, right? It was like was a bad, tornado yeah. alert before the game or something yeah, like that? I guess. Happened? It's fine. It was a season on the road. You're going to get sick sooner or later. I got it. But uh, okay. um, it's awesome to have two different teams in there. And, I, you know, to see Michigan punctuate this fellow. It was three years in the making. Right. Right. Two different teams. And now it'll be a big time matchup. It, it, it just feels like it was the end of an era for the sport, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think now that we're going to 12 teams, we're yeah. going to have to reevaluate how we talk about pe- teams, how how the process of it. But I just think for this moment, like I said, it felt like it was three years in the making for Jim Harbaugh. On the field after the game, I was with Tom Crean, who's his brother-in-law, the you know former yes. basketball coach. And and Joni is Tom, obviously Jim and John's sister. And I, I hadn't seen her I'd, since when Jim first got back to Michigan Fox sent me there to Ann Arbor and we had a big sit down. But before that, I had gone to Bloomington to sit down with Joni um, just to talk about her brother on camera. And I hadn't seen her since then. And it felt like a really long time ago. And quite honestly, it is. It yeah, was it almost is. a decade ago. Right, I know. You know, so it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we came on the air in 2014, October of 2014. And, you know, Jim was going through his final year with the 49ers and about six weeks into our tenure, it it was apparent that there was a fraying in San Francisco, and I just kept on trying to say, well, maybe you should just go back to Michigan, having no idea that would actually happen. But I kept talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, and now here we are almost in year 10 of our program, and I, I, I still can't believe this finally happened. But you saw it coming, and that's one of the things I want to talk about as the radio audience is about to return. Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. In his usual Wednesday spot from Fox Sports and The Athletic, back from Houston from the national championship game is Bruce Feldman. Good to see you, sir. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, I, I spoke at the beginning of yesterday's show about what it meant to me uh, personally, emotionally, <laughs> to see Michigan win it all. What do you think Michigan's win communicates about college football writ large? Uh, I think it was a good reminder about sometimes the best teams do win. And what you had, I think, on Monday night were the two most emotionally strong teams because they'd been through so much in terms of one team was a two-win team during COVID. That was Michigan. Hit, you know, essentially hit rock bottom. Jim Harbaugh took a pay cut. Um, you know, I talked to a lot of players and coaches about what that year was like. Quiddy Pay, who you remember, you know, was a he was a captain on that team. And I talked to Quiddy over the weekend because some of the players had referenced him. He's now with the Colts, but he, you know, he was telling me he would almost tear up watching this team because the tone that they were trying to set back then to kind of build this to where it is, I think he felt a very big attachment to that. Um, You know, on the other side, Washington, those guys, a lot of them had three different head coaches. They signed under Chris Peterson, had Jimmy Lake, and then obviously have Kalen DeBoer now. I mean, they were a four and eight team. Nobody saw this coming. But I think the bond between both of them is a foundation of a lot of, especially offensive line guys. I mean, if you look at, at how that often is the the backbone of a of any great team. The last three Joe Moore awards are you know, Michigan, two and, Michigan Washington. and Washington. Yeah. And there was a lot of guys who we who I talked to who talked about uh almost leaving. 
you know, almost transferring out. I mean, I had a great conversation about an hour after the national title game with Trevor Keegan, who's one of the leaders of that Michigan team and offensive lineman. And he was, you know, very reflective on, he almost left at one point and he, you know, his feelings on football really kind of changed. They did the, they did a 180 for a while and talked about how Sharon Moore helped him love the game again. Um, and so I think all those things kind of come together and came to fruition for certainly Michigan this season and, and on Monday night, especially. How about the way Michigan put its team together? I mean, what does that say? Cause there's not, you know, there's not five stars everywhere. No. And I think what um, we might've talked about this after the Rose bowl. And I definitely talked to some of the players, certainly uh, Kenneth Grant, who's a budding superstar there. And he was a three-star guy when he committed to Michigan from Indiana um, you know, and they talked about, you know, um, Mike Barrett who's a terrific linebacker and played a lot of football, also three-star guy out of high school. You know, I talked about where the no-star defense, and I don't think it's, I think it's actually the more I've thought about what they said, I think it's true in this regard. We're still like a little like the built the old Dolphins perfect team of the no-name defense mm-hmm. back in, you know, to go way back. I think this team is so much better than the individual, you know, as a group. You know, one thing that they didn't get enough credit for over time, and I think that really showed itself on Monday night especially, they're a great tackling team. We don't talk about that enough. Um, And I think Rich Rodriguez, who, you know, a lot of Michigan fans won't love that name to come up in there, but, like, Rich Rodriguez is one of the guys who had, I know, had talked about how the game of modern football had changed and the hardest, and it had become so much a space game, and the hardest thing to do is make an open field tackle. Look at Mikey Sanders still. Look at some of the guys who stop first downs from happening. Mm-hmm. You know, Michigan is very good at that. And I think lost in all the other chatter of everything else was that they are, you know, they're really physical and they're really fundamentally sound. And, and to me, that shined through again Monday night. Well, Sanders still is, is, is a perfect personification of how great this defense is with, you know, I guess no stars. I mean, the kid's a uh, converted wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And puts on number zero, and I mean, there's a possibility he's going to go in the first round of this draft. I mean, like I, I know that that might be an outside shot, but he's he's got a certain knack for the football, and he's a leader. And it's kind of fitting that he had that damn near pick six to kind of end the game. And Corum scoring twice in the fourth quarter, who who comes back from a knee injury, and that's the phrase Michigan says: "Those who stay will be champions." And now he is. Uh, J.J. McCarthy with only one loss since he's taken over control of the quarterback position. All of those things just to, they kind of point out. And then that front seven uh, is just completely dominant, which is uh, and I don't mind that you bring out Rich Rodriguez because uh, no, I, I know you mentioned you mentioned that because but that just reminds me of the nonstop chatter that after Lloyd Carr. Michigan will never return to prominence and not even Jim Harbaugh could change it because of what happened against Michigan state with that botched punt. And then urban Meyer dominates. That's all I kept hearing. And so now that they're national champions, it's a mission accomplished banner that kind of shuts everybody up. So I don't mind it. Yeah. Look, I I get it. I mean, I know you had Charles on there on here a week or so ago. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because like, you know, Charles arguably the greatest, of the greatest, you know, kind yes. of thing. Him and Brady on either side of the ball. You can yeah, make but an argument. in terms of at Michigan, sure. you know, like right. obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, this team, 
I feel like it, because it was such a, it was probably way more than three years in the making because of, I feel like the stuff you said, certainly with Ohio state, especially, you know, and, and like you mentioned JJ before, um, you know, JJ grew up wanting to be a Buckeye and they chose somebody else. And so like, you know, last year, I think we talked about this at some point, but like, I remember last year I talked to him like about a week or two before they played Ohio state yep. and it was in Columbus and JJ t- said something to me where I, as soon as he said it, I was like, Ooh, this is going to be bulletin board material. And it ran in this Biff Pogey story I did about Jim Harbaugh's right hand guy last year. And it was towards the end of the story and JJ backed it up. It was arguably his greatest game, right? Cause it was certainly no Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards who ran wild, but Donovan was ba- playing banged up too. And JJ made some big throws and burned them and, and kind of carried them through. And just the fact that this guy who grew up wanting to be a Buckeye and they chose somebody else. And now he is, you know, he, he also epitomizes Michigan. You know, one of my more memories of him was you know, a couple hours before the game this year mm-hmm. in Ann Arbor, I'm walking through the tunnel and I see Corum come up and then JJ comes by. And, you know, at that point, you know, you, it's not like the NFL where you're talking to people bef- right before the game. Usually right. JJ, I, like he just had this big smile on his face, kind of nodded. And I was like, man, this guy looks like he's just the happiest guy in the world right now. And he's about to play one of the biggest games of his life. And his, his demeanor seems to really also epitomize his team. It's kind of funny, I because I, I was Marshall Falk came over to watch the game, and I'm not just saying that's a drop, by the way. I appreciate it. Uh, but, you know, I've known him for a long time, and, you know, my wife, uh, Susie, surprised me by saying, hey, Marshall's coming over, because he also sat there on so many Sunday mornings and, and um, watched me slink into game day morning, having Mooch give me crap for the Michigan State Spartans beating Michigan and all that stuff. But anyway, the reason why I bring it up is I said, you know, uh, He's kind of Jim's spirit animal. And uh, the response was, I don't think Jim's ever meditated a day in his life. (laughs) You know, like Jim might not, Jim's kind of, you know, active all around. And J.J. McCarthy's a guy who takes his shoes off so he could feel the ground before a game and then sits and meditates by the goalpost, you know. And it's kind of wild to see all this. It's finally happened. I can't believe I'm talking with this. Like, normally... These conversations after national championship, we're talking Georgia, we're talking Alabama, we're talking Clemson, Ohio State. Now, I can't believe we're talking about my school like this. But that's right the now. kind of the beauty of a team. Like we were talking, you know, they have, a, have had a, a great offensive line for a long time. But you talk about Sainer still, to me, he also epitomizes a team because if he's sitting here next to you, he looks kind of like a grad student, you know, when he's walking around just because mm-hmm. they... You know, he wears the glasses. He's very—he's rather slight for a football star. Uh, he's super thoughtful and engaging. But like that team, you know, I mean, he plays bigger than anybody. Well, he lives in the moment. Is you know the photograph you took last year um, at the Fiesta Bowl, where he was staring at the purple yeah, confetti coming down, and and I'm just wondering if he was sitting there thinking, I'm not seeing purple confetti tonight. That's for damn sure. You know what I mean? Like, cause it would have been the same color on the field in Houston. Yeah. He's definitely, I mean, you know, one of the cool things that, uh, you know, my coworker, Joel Klatt had said after they played Penn state and that was a real battle, obviously it was Sharon's first game as the, right. you know, in the, in the last month of the season as the head coach. And he, you know, they ran it 30 plus times in a row. And, and I remember Joel saying JJ was the one more than anybody who was like, let's just lean on him like that. And, I think there is a there is a selfless quality to this team 
that, you know, look, I get why people don't like Jim Harbaugh. I get why people get, you know, don't want to, you know, are tired of Michigan because it's been a dominant story all year round. But there really is a selfless quality to this team that I think is, was one of the key ingredients to that. Look, Harbaugh is is so different, but he is seems to be really authentic. And the players, you know, kind of raved about playing for him. And, and why, you know, some of the players I talked to over the weekend were like, talked about cool Jim, as it's like, it's almost like an alter ego that shows up sometimes. Yeah. And... You know, again, I, I think this was this was a really interesting team as it came together because we've seen teams over the years that that you know they're loaded with star ta- star power and everything, or it's like the Saban teams kind of blur together, and that's unfair to them because they're you know they're just they're I think they're unique to themselves, but we on the outside kind of blur it together. This Michigan team was very very different from what we've seen. Um, win the national title the last decade. Bruce Feldman here from the Fox Sports and the Athletic. Um, let's just point blank it. Is Jim gone? Is he leaving? I'd be really surprised if Jim has coached, coaches another game at Michigan. I mean, he has done everything he could have hoped to do. He, res- he not only took back the rivalry, he dominated the rivalry, he dominated the Big Ten, and then he slayed all the Dragons this year. Okay, so, you know, from some of the people I know who know Jim best, one of the things they said that burns for him is he's never won a Super Bowl. That does came really close. I know you you said it. I think two weeks ago that there's one thing Michigan can never give him, and that's a Lombardi Trophy. Right. And that is so you hear that from the people who are close, like it burns, like they'll have conversations. Yeah, it's one thing that they know that he. That's the one thing. And again, Jim is different than most of the guys who've been successful, really successful college football coaches. Jim's a proven NFL head coach. Like all these other guys, we've talked about this before. Like you know, Urban bombed in the NFL. He'd never been there before. I think you're you know, you're understating it. What he did in the NFL. I work with him still. So oh, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay, sorry. But but like Matt Rule, you know, is a really good college coach. Matt Rule, you know how that went, and you know, but like Urban was 44 and 19, took over a 49er team that was nowhere near what it is now. They had mm-hmm. like a decade of mediocrity, and he wasted no time getting getting them going. So you know. Again, is it going to be the right fit? I know what happened, or I think I know what happened when he went on signing day to Minnesota, and that didn't go well. But I think if you're an NFL franchise and you're sitting there going, all right, are we going to approach this interview the same way we would approach it if it's Ben Johnson or if it's yeah. you name the hot hot uh, assistant coach? So you're saying what happened in Minnesota where let's have, a, let's have another, like a long-ass Zoom or an in-person meeting or – the Broncos want a second shot at it. Th- those days, I-, I would imagine that would be over. Like, hey, you got one in- interview with Jim Harbaugh because you know what he can do. You know what he just did. There's no reason. You're right. You you can't treat that interview in, 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 like you would just try to kick a tire on a on a coordinator that's never done it before. I totally understand that. But my my, you know, and again, this may be wishful or hopeful. But the idea that he could be Bo, right? That he could be the second coming of his coach, where he personifies for decades at the job what it is to be a Michigan man. He's already and, got that. No, I know he's already yeah. got that, but but to do it for a long time and get multiple championships 
and put himself in the pantheon of, of you know, coaches like Saban uh, or Kirby Smart, where you get multiple championships, and that's the level you dominate and put aside the whole concept of that Lombardi trophy. Because the money's going to be there. The money's on the table right now, is it not, in Michigan? right? Yeah, now? I don't think the money is going to be the thing. I mean, it's not my money, but I think, you know, what you just said, he, he could do it for a long time. He's actually done this job for a long time. Like nine years in this day and age as a college football coach right. in the day of the portal and the day of NIL and all the other stuff, this is not a knock on the coaches of the 70s and 80s. The job is way different. It is. I'm not saying it's it's 10 times harder I do think the grind of it is very different. Now, the money is way more. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's relative or not relative. But, again, you know, it, it, nothing, I guess, should shock us in this day and age. Sure, but, no, like, to me, it's going to be, does does the NFL piece of this just fit for him, right? What's the fit? Again, I think the fit is going to be somebody not sitting down with him and expecting, okay, what's your schedule is going to be like for, <laughs> for the off season. It's going to be like, okay, do we want Jim Harbaugh running the show here? Are we comfortable with, with Jim Harbaugh working for us, working with us, the whole thing? And what about for him, though? Got to be a quarterback. Does he, does he, based on your knowledge, need the, the choice of general manager? Does he shop for the groceries, last say in the draft room? I would think you'd want it if you're him on that piece. Right. But, like, there's a really good quarterback. and Just not far from, from here. Yeah. yeah brand new facilities coming in. I know that his, you know, his wife liked living in Southern California. Okay, yeah. um, again, I have no idea what direction the Chargers ultimately are going to go. I, I just think also it's like some of the people in leadership there know who Jim Harbaugh is. I mean, he's been there before. Um, I don't think there would be any surprises to me. Like when you, you know, if you're in Jacksonville or if you were in the Panthers, those were new relationships. You know, I'm not saying nobody knew who Urban Meyer was when you're hiring him. But Matt Rule, you know, it's like, I think with Jim Harbaugh, you probably have a sense of what you're getting. Yeah. Right? So. You're getting a guy who's committed to being an NFL head coach to win that one last thing that he's missing. Yeah. I mean, you're getting, that, you're getting somebody who's going on that mission, and you just saw what he did, you know, on a mission with Michigan. Uh, can I get you to stay one more segment? Sure. I've got a couple more questions for you uh, about the future of you know, the next couple of years of college football, and then uh, a juicy question. Okay. I'm not I'm not going to say what it is, other than just you should stick around. By the way, I don't usually do that. You got an eyebrow raise out of Brockman. I kind of glanced over. He has no idea what juicy. I'm saying. You have no know. idea. I'm confused. All right, that's next. <laughs> Bruce Feldman is still here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Debo Samuel still to come as well. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back here on the Roku channel, our radio audience will rejoin in a, in a couple of minutes. Bruce Feldman's still here. One year from now, we're still playing, though, right? Yeah. Correct? Yeah. So this would have been the semifinal weekend? Right. So we would have had, going into the opening round, it was almost like in the middle of getting ready for National Signing Day. And it's just kind of crazy calendar at this point. So Jan 1 next year is going to be the quarterfinal games. So the four teams that played in the college football playoffs this year would have off that week, correct? They'd still not yet be playing? I'm trying to remember how the calendar's breaking on this. Okay. But um, I know it, it's going to drag on. Like, you're going to have seven games, obviously, as opposed to three. So that's the difference of, right. of a long. So the four games. So, wow. How are they going to do that? They can't all be on the four games on the same day, are they? I think they were going to try to space as much two and two? as as they could from a TV standpoint. Because also, you got to remember, they don't want to go up against the NFL either. Right. That's, you know? So, I mean, the the NFL coughed up the Monday night this year. They put the the Lions and the Cowboys on Saturday night instead. Yeah, you know, so they did that. Yeah, so this the semifinals is a Thursday, January 9th, and Friday, January tenth. Yeah, so it drags on. And to then the national the championship 17th? is Monday the twentieth. Twentieth. So yeah. we're still playing yeah. next year. Oh, sorry, that's, that's in twenty twenty five. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's what it would be, Chris. It's twenty twenty four. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calendar year twenty twenty five. January 20th. Damn. So January 20th, it would be like Martin Luther King Day night? Is that what you were saying? Yes. Pretty much? In Atlanta, no less. Wow. That's big. Yeah. Okay. We're just trying to see, like, the college football world just ended. Yeah. Quarter, you know, as we quarter know Quarterfinals are Tuesday the 31st and, first and Wednesday the 1st. There you go. Right. And back in the day, it wasn't that long ago. It was like everything was... Kind of culminated January 1st. That's right. That's right. That's right. February 1st. Back on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, uh, along with our Roku channel feed, Bruce Feldman's still here. All right. So, um, juicy question. Because I know there's a lot of Ohio State friends of mine that see Mike Vrabel just got cut loose by Tennessee, and that's the guy they want. They think that's the guy that can reverse the course. I'm sure they do. Is that at all possible? The only way I think it's realistic is if somebody bites on Ryan Day in the NFL. Hmm. I'd, to me, I'd be surprised if that happens. But in the same way that maybe the Crafts are con- contemplating the future for Belichick or were without the idea that Vrabel could possibly be an option for them if they do part ways with Bill, there's no that that's not happening in Columbus, Ohio, in the athletic you, department at all. I don't know how you would. I'm sure all the Ohio State fans, you know, want that. Yeah. I don't know how you 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 get Ryan Day out. You can't fire him. I understand that his record is astoundingly outst- good. Astoundingly good. Yeah. I understand that, but you understand the way that the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry is viewed better than most. Yeah. And also, you know, what just happened against Missouri, transfer portal or not, you know, 
they didn't score a touchdown in a bowl game after losing to Michigan for a third straight year, and Michigan just won it all. You were this glowing is like a, when you were saying this, uh, by but, the way. But, but no, like, what I'm doing is potential. You can, excuse me, you can, you can call it glowing. I call it spitting facts, and this is exactly what Ohio State fans are talking about right now. Livid yeah. and freaked out that this whole Michigan-Ohio State paradigm has been flipped on its head. And Mike Vrabel just appeared on the open market for coaching. So there's no there's no there there is what you're saying. I wouldn't say there's no there there. I mean, trust me, I'm not hoping for it at all. I, I, I you know, and I'm sure Mike Vrabel wants to stay in the, you know, level of sport where there's rules around free agency. Most, you know, most coaches I know who, you know, have the options would rather be in the work in the NFL than in college football. Right. The college right football calendar is out of control and it's way longer and it's way more chaotic and there's way less structure to it. I'm not saying Mike Rabel wouldn't love to, to, you know, I go back to this and this is probably not a fair comparison, but like Dan Campbell, who's done an amazing job, obviously with the lions. Yes. You know, he's a Texas A&M guy through and through, but I don't think that's the right, you know, I think he looks and goes, all right, I have a good situation here. I'm already invested in this. Now, obviously, he's building something as opposed to now, you know, you have Mike Vrabel's out the door. But I still think Mike Vrabel, given what he did, should be a hot commodity in the NFL as well. Oh, there's no doubt about it. So it's not like he doesn't have options. I mean, a lot of the guys I know who coached in both are like, yeah, I'd love to coach in the NFL as opposed to college. Oh, I'm just asking the question because I know what, Ohio State friends of mine are are thinking and talking about. I just don't know how, like, you would have to hope that, you know, it's not going to be the Panthers. They're not going to hire another college coach or whatever. But, like, it would have to be an NFL team go, I want to take a chance on Ryan Day right now. And I just don't think, like, Ryan Day is a really good offensive coach. And one of the things that I know, like, his camp has tried to sell is, hey, he knows, you know, he's a really good offensive coach and he knows how to work with, with young quarterbacks and develop them. And so, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of bunch of quarterbacks who are coming into the league. Maybe that would be a pairing. But I'm a little skeptical. Just Ryan Day's name and stock, and I don't know how much this carries weight with NFL owners, mm-hmm. but this is probably as low as it's been in like three years. If you had said this two years ago, I'd be like, yeah, I could see somebody. But just the combination of – because he has spent a little time in the NFL as an assistant. It's not like he has no NFL experience. Right. but. I'm a little skeptical that Ryan Day will end up getting a head coaching chance this cycle coming off what they but, have. And, and that's the only way that Ohio State would not say, we've got Vrabel, he can come home, he played here. But this what do you is, do with Ryan Day then? Pay him off. I, 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 honestly, I'm, I, I, and I'm not wishing anything at all. As a matter of fact, he's my favorite coach since John Cooper. There. And I don't want Vrabel part of this mix at all. Certainly if Harbaugh's moving on. I'm just saying this is what the fans that I know I'm are sure, saying. Yeah, I'm sure. I just don't know. Like Ryan, you know, Ryan Day's record is remarkable there. I know he's lost. He is to the, remarkable. Yeah, I just, I cannot imagine somebody would I know. fire a guy. Who's 50 and three, pretty much. Yeah, in the Big Ten. <laughs> you know and, mean? you know, it's just like. No, I know. I, and he I came within you. a, honestly, probably came within a missed field goal last year at the last second of winning a national title. Yeah. I'm only asking this because if the greatest coach of all time, and we're wondering if the greatest coach of all time might not be where he is right now because Vrabel's free, 
I can ask that of the Ohio State head coach. He's 56 and 8. I mean, it's an absurd yeah. record. Before I let you go, um, there's been a seismic movement in college football. It seems, what, three straight summers? Is it three straight summers? Was it three yeah. summers ago that Texas and Oklahoma, and Oklahoma yeah. left? Right. And then obviously we had USC, UCLA, and right. then everything collapsed around the Right. Pac-12. And then this past year, it was the collapse of the Pac-12 completely, right? Or, yeah. Oh, or my, yeah. Or my, I don't know if it's been two years in a row. Well, it, what, what to look for is, what are we looking at? I don't know. I is guess it the, the ACC's that, dissolution? Well, let's see what happens with Florida State. I mean, there's a lot of legal entanglements that could happen. They, there's been more saber rattling, to use an expression, with Florida State and its leadership about how frustrated they are with how things played out. Um, that's a really messy situation because, you know, ESPN basically is so tied into the SEC, but they're also also tied into the ACC and this TV deal and the TV network that they run. Um, I don't see them try, you know, bidding against themselves for this. Now, if, if Florida State and whoever else, if there was the Big Ten would say, hey, we want to expand again and we're going to take these two these two brands to expand our footprint and everything else, that to me would seem like a more viable option if the Big Ten actually wanted to do that. I don't know that there is interest for the Big Ten to do that now. Because remember, they're already moving <coughs> to bring in four new, four new teams and four new schools, and it's a big difference in the relationship. And I think to, to, to have that much of a massive overhaul and then to add on top of it, Hmm. something some expats from the ACC I don't know if the timing would be now but you know maybe a few years from now Bruce Feldman thank you sir let's keep this going on Wednesdays Bruce Feldman here uh from the Fox Sports and the Athletic when we come back Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers in hour three so the we got about a minute and a half to go I mean the Big Ten might not want to expand I don't uh what's on their to-do list if Harbaugh leaves you know I, I mean you know I mean there's no one else to Persecute. I, I, I think their to-do list is to <laughs> is to really uh, welcome and and make sure that the relationship and the transition. You're proud of yourself, aren't you? I'm very proud of myself. By the way, I don't mean to use you as a pawn in my game with Chris like that. <laughs> I apologize because you were you were giving me a good answer. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, but I think right now everything from talking to Big, big, big Ten people is. They have a big transition coming up with USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon coming in. I think just because the paperwork has been done doesn't mean the heavy lifting isn't going on. I agree. There, th- this is geographically, spatially, mentally, relationship-wise. Oh my yeah. goodness gracious! Do one of those four teams have a better chance of winning the Big Ten or Oklahoma and Texas at winning the SEC? Good question. Uh, Texas to me is primed to to transition better because of what they have coming back. I mean, USC has to rebuild. Washington is losing Penix and a lot of really good players. I think Oregon is dangerous, though. I would say Oregon, Texas would be the two schools that are most ready to make a, title, make a conference title run. And plus, for Texas, it now officially just means more. You know what I mean? Just pointing that out. Because to Michigan, it didn't mean more at all. Oh, this is so great. I'm loving life. Thanks for being here, Bruce. And thanks for being right. Thanks for being right. You're welcome. (laughs) 